DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, our life insider, our storyteller. Steve, good morning. Good morning. So, so Steve, it seems pretty clear cut that when you go to the bubble, you got to follow the rules. But one guy accidentally wandered out of his room, so now he's got to quarantine some more. Another guy apologized. He accidentally crossed the NBA's campus line to pick up a food delivery. He's going to be quarantined for an additional 10 days. That better be really good food, because I can't imagine a 10-day quarantine. I think I'd go nuts. Now, you haven't been in the bubble, but how easy is it to get players to follow simple, straightforward rules when another anonymous player is saying, he knew what the rules were. They explained them. <laughs> well, we all remember being kids, I guess, <laughs> when our parents told us when we left the house that we weren't supposed to do this or that, and somehow, some way, we did a bonehead mistake, made a bonehead mistake, and did what they told us not to do. Uh, you know what? Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> having coached it at pretty much every level other than the professional level, uh, you're going to have a degree of disobedience and just... Uh, not thinking type mistakes. I have I haven't been that involved with guys doing really really stupid stuff, <laughs> but I have been involved with with guys making mistakes. I think the key thing when people do make mistakes <clears throat> is that the entire organization understands that it's that's not acceptable and uh, that you know, it just in terms of sustaining a culture and a program, is you're letting letting players get away with certain things and others not. Man, that, that kind of discord can just destroy a team. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, we, we've all had situations where, uh, you know, guys miss bust, and uh, all of a sudden you realize that uh, we're leaving at 6 o'clock, we've got to get to the plane, and somebody's not there. I did, I did have a player, uh, not, not a player, excuse me, I had a coach. We, we made it very, in fact, I'll even tell you who it was. Uh, uh, Heath Troyer, who we all know and love. And uh, we made it really clear that uh, we were going, we were flying to London, we're doing a tour, and uh, he, he and his wife were going to join us in, in Atlanta. And so we flew to Atlanta, we were going to fly to London, and they were going to meet us there because they were coming from another part of the country. And the last thing I said, okay, everybody, you got to be here at this time, this place, this circumstance, this situation. And... Uh, so I didn't expect it to be a coach. So we get in here, and all of a sudden I realize we're boarding the plane, and I have no idea where Heath is. And I'm calling him. I'm not getting an answer. You know, we're, I'm just kind of in a panic mode. And, uh, and and so now, you know, you've got players. You know, coach, it's usually the guys that are doing this, not the coaches. Well, as it turns out, uh, he and his wife, knowing it was going to be a long flight, I think they decided to each take a half of an ambient. And so they fell dead asleep in the Atlanta airport and missed their flight and uh, caught up with us a day later. But uh, that was kind of a unique situation uh, where, you know, we're supposed to be somewhere and we didn't. And that had actually happened with the coach. And we had a good laugh about it afterwards. And uh, I know it was a little embarrassing for Heath and his wife, but uh, everybody was safe and it worked out okay. But. You know, I mean, I, I think in, in this situation, obviously, the, those players need to be talked to, and may, maybe it was an innocent mistake. I, I don't, I can't imagine it. I, I would imagine that every, there's barriers and everything there. Um, but you know, if you can, those, here's the little things: 
You can't trust somebody to keep a simple rule like that. Is that really a guy you want to be on the floor <laughs> getting a serious stop or putting the ball in his hands? It just hurts trust, and and uh, it's not good for a team. I Don't get through it. It's a simple thing. And who's ever been in a quarantine situation like this anyway where you, you've got the bubble? Uh, it's, it's unlike anything we've ever exposed. So I, I wouldn't be too harsh on them. Uh, but I think there's a lesson learned and better learn early than late. Yeah, no question about that. I can recall, speaking of being late, I, I played high school baseball and we had a game uh, in our region was, uh, it was about uh, two hours away in Prescott, Arizona. And so on a Saturday, we're going up there and we're supposed to be at the bus, on the bus at a certain time. Well, I must have misheard the time. I pull in the parking lot and I see... The bus is standing there. I don't see anybody milling around the bus, and I got a queasy feeling in my stomach. And as I'm pulling up on the left side of the bus, all my teammates who were on that side of the bus, they had their hands out of the window, and they had a certain finger that was extended because I was a half hour late. <laughs> and and so I got I got there and I go running up and the coach is looking at me and he knew by the look on my face that it was a 100% honest mistake and I just screwed it up somehow I heard it wrong and I'll never forget that man the panic that I had on my face and the coach all he could do was just kind of smirk because he knew that it was an innocent mistake and certainly as a senior I wouldn't have just uh, well I'm just going to show up whenever I get there I mean I wasn't all that as a player anyway so I was grateful that the bus didn't leave because I would have missed that game but uh, I can relate to that bonehead mistakes you say as we make as a kid. Now, I won't tell you about the time my older sister said don't take her new car to the lake, and I took it to the lake and got in an accident. I won't even bring that part up. We'll just let hey, that story go. Hey, we all have go. a story like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to... about getting the... <laughs> you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I the thing that I wanted to ask you... Okay. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this Wojnarowski thing with... Uh, the comment and you know you know him i know him and man from a journalistic perspective to, to come to the defense of the league i had an issue with that you're supposed to cover the league and not be a part of its defense let the let the league defend itself i realize he got sent the email but it was more along the emails like uh to let him know that that was happening what did you make of all that you know, you're right. I mean, I, I, I didn't really think a lot about it. I mean, you know, that, that's always kind of a touchy thing where, uh, and maybe you've felt this, and you, you've followed teams, both of you have followed teams, and you, you end up uh, having a different relationship than, than I mean, you, you actually become part of their lives and part of their family. I and mean, when you're traveling with the team or you're around the players or you're around the coaches that much, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that one would, take a position or protect or do whatever they needed to do because of that long-term relationship. I'm not saying it's necessarily appropriate because the press and you know, the media need to be neutral and they need to go into that thing neutral, but everybody has their own biases. I'm sure there have been games that you watch, teams you follow, that you were as emotionally invested in them, and you can't talk about it really, you know, the disappointment or the circumstances or maybe there was bad calls. 
and and so you know, I remember doing games, and uh, and anyway, that was one of the difficult things, especially when I had a really good friend coaching, and uh, to kind of try to be as impartial as I could and not not get involved in personalities or get in circumstances. Because, and I didn't have a, a, a long career in that, but what, what, for the two or three years that I did TV and some of those things, those were things that were rather challenging to me uh, because it was hard for me, especially as a player and as a coach, and now doing this to kind of separate myself from all of those entities where I had been a practices, I had already, you know, I would coached against these guys, we had had dinner together, whatever the circumstances were, I, I found it a little difficult for me. And probably not for the professionals today, but we all do have uh, alliances and um, relationships with people and organizations that sometimes make it very difficult to be as impartial as we should be or to not necessarily support or condone things that we, we shouldn't probably be involved in. So I guess the thing would be that the reaction was just so over the top because I think people get what you say about there are relationships, but the reaction was, that was, that was, you're so far across the line, you can't even turn around and see the line. The line disappeared over the horizon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at all on that. And, uh, it's, uh, and the two of you are, are in tune with that daily with, with, and, and it's probably, you know, I don't know if he's ever ever been in a situation like this before. Um, I don't know because I, I don't I don't have that history. I mean, I was around him a lot, um, and and he wasn't really a controversial guy. You know, I mean, he 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 was uh, kind of shared what he thought and felt, but uh, I never I've never seen that in him before. Uh, but hey. We all made mistakes. I'm sure you all could share a few stories with us, things that have yep. happened during your time. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I will, uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm going to go back to something we, we were talking about before. Pat was talking about being late to a game. And uh, I can remember uh, as a junior, and you, you know, I went to UC Irvine and played down there, and I was living in Costa Mesa, which the quickest way for me to get to UCI was to get on the 405 and drive on the 405 uh, down down to Irvine and take, take the exit off that. And, uh, and so I knew when I had to be there to be taped and this and that. And uh, what I hadn't remembered is to put gas in my car. And I can, I can still remember driving to a game. It's, you know, the, the game time is at 8, and I'm leaving at 6. I got plenty of time to get there on time. But all of a sudden, I pull over on 405, and you know how how busy that freeway is. There's no cell phones, you know, and and there was uh, dirt and stuff and fences, and then there were some homes, maybe a hundred yards. And I can still remember. I'm I'm in my warmups. Okay, I'm in my warmups. I'm in, I'm dressed. I'm ready to go. I actually haven't been taped. And I remember hurling that fence and knocking on the back door of of, of some uh, elderly lady. And, and first of all, I just scared the living daylights out of her. But but it was one of those things that here's a guy coming over her back fence, and I said, you know, I've got a situation. I explained the whole deal, and she, God bless her, allowed me to make a phone call uh, on her on her home phone there. And I called I called the, the basketball office, and somebody came and got me, and I left the car there. And when the game was over, we came back and got some gas in it. 
So I had, I, had, I had tried to do all the right things and, and be on time, and uh, but the circumstances didn't allow it when I didn't have gas in my vehicle. So that was a pretty panicky time, especially jumping out of that car and jumping over the fence over 405 down there in Orange County. So we, we've all done some things that uh, <laughs> don't really make sense, but life happens, right? That it does. There's no doubt about that. I remember <laughs> I was riding with a friend when I was in high school, and I I think we'd been playing basketball, actually. I'm not sure. And we're on the freeway, and the, the car just comes chugging to a, a stop, and the guy, he was a good guy, but he, he could be an airhead and a bonehead. And I'm like, Gavin, did we just run out of gas? He goes, no, we got to have a tank. I don't know what it is. And it was uh, oil, and the engine had seized up. And he had to call his dad to come and get us. And man, did I feel like an uncomfortable third wheel during that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's funny how we all have similar experiences. And uh, uh, you'll have to remind me to share something with you off the air. (laughs) Oil on an engine and not getting over the grapevine. And the last thing my my father says, do not let Chet drive. You were the only one to drive the car. I was asleep in the passenger seat. He was driving, and there was smoke coming everywhere. So I have a similar experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, you know, we've seen the uh, reduction of uh, football schedules with these teams going to conference only. And I've heard some – it hasn't been further discussion, but I just – I heard some in passing that basketball might do that. And I'm thinking with the the, – West Coast Conference, you know, teams like Gonzaga and BYU, they rely a lot on a very good non-conference schedule to carry them as far as getting a good seating. Uh, how big of a blow would it be to the West Coast if they just if teams if conferences just did conference only in basketball? Also, well, it'd be a huge blow because you get to that tournament either by winning the tournament <clears throat> or by developing a schedule and having a body of work that reflects <clears throat> playing teams from around the country, and, and, and certainly that would be a devastating blow. I, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous here. I mean, I'm living in California. Um, Governor Newsom came out again yesterday and just locked everything down. I mean, one of the biggest challenges right now in California is schools, what to do with schools. And I have a good friend who's on the school board here in Clovis, and eight school boards got together last night, 200 people in a Zoom meeting, trying to figure out when they're going to start school. you got parents who are scared to death about sending their children to school and, and what might happen there, and they're scared to death of what to do when I'm, both parents you know, are working and what do I do with my children, how do I take care of them. I mean, this, that's a monster issue for families right now in California. I don't know how it is other places. And then, then you start hearing you know, about California state schools. Um, and, and, and Governor Newsom has the ability to take a lot of the WCC and say, you know what, we're not doing anything until this time. And uh, because they're all part of this state of 50 million people where it is spiking and going up and the virus is just off the charts and hospitals are getting full again. Um, it's going to be really, really tricky. And, and I, I know that's probably not the case in Utah and Idaho or the Rocky Mountain area, but I'm telling you right now, the tone of Governor Newsom's voice was, we're shutting it down. And, and until this thing changes, I, I know that the virus is, that the vaccines are closed. I, I read all of the articles about, you know, it's going to happen. But I will be really, really surprised if COVID-19 doesn't impact the basketball season 
and, and as you mentioned, it may be, maybe it's just non-conference games. Uh, but then again, who knows? I mean, it, it, I just know I speak for this state. Uh, if anybody's going to do it, they are. And they've already all the Division two schools have already, uh, you know, kind of shut down everything. We know when does that happen for Division one programs, or even for uh, you know, even for football, Mountain West Conference seems to be going forward. But uh, they may be playing with nobody in the stands, if, that, if that's the case. Because right now, people haven't figured out. You know, I mean, as soon as they started letting people come into restaurants again, you know, and I went, I went out, and I went, I went to two restaurants to try to get in, stuck my head in, and it, it looked like pro, you know, pre-COVID-19. I mean, people were there in, in the bars and the restaurants, packed. Everybody's kind of celebrating, happy to have life back. And then there's a... 10% rise in, in, in deaths and in, in uh, new COVID cases in, in California. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're out of the woods. At least, at least speaking from my perspective of living in the state of California, I think all of it could be impacted. And I, is there any football games that, like, a BYU plays from Mountain West Conference teams? Yeah, they, they, play in San Diego state? they play Boise State and they play Utah State. Okay. So Utah State... Boise State may not be an issue because it's Idaho state, and yeah. Utah, uh, things seem to be a little bit normal. I was just wondering if they played any others, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on California. Wait, I mean, I, I just think it's going to get worse before it gets better here in terms of decisions, and uh, you know, they just shut it all down again. And I don't. I, I know church-wise, nobody is going to church, but they said they shut all the church situations down again. Restaurants. You know, parks, everything has got shut down. So, uh, yeah, my feeling is it's going to be really problematic and really difficult to determine who's NC2A worthy uh, when you don't have an off season and you're playing a league that's, you know, not a P5 conference and typically, you know, three-quarters of the league isn't going to postseason. So that could be really, really difficult. And I think, obviously, BYU seems to be situated to, to have a really good year. And um, But if if it all comes down to just the Mountain West Conference, excuse me, to the uh, WCC, then uh, it, it could be more difficult. It's certainly going to make it more difficult. So I do believe, if it, under normal circumstances, that this is the team probably going to get back to the NC2A tournament. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time and the thoughts. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you again yeah. next week. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good week.